We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Martin. My co-host on this episode, as always, is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are on the clock. It is a special edition of the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. We're drafting against the Rotoviz Overtime listeners in the $125 FFPC baseball contest. We are being put under a little bit of pressure, I guess, through those opening rounds by the uh, listeners as they took all the wide receivers uh, in the entire draft. But we have uh, built a a very unique lineup, I think, a very interesting lineup. And it's starting to really uh, turn into, uh, you know, a a shape of a roster that I think we're going to be quite happy with when things finish up. How have you felt about it so far as we uh, did approach it quite running back heavy through those early rounds? Uh, with three running backs in the first five which uh, for us is is quite heavy um, and then we we moved through and picked up in those last two picks in the 12th and 13th round Trey Quan Smith Emmanuel Sanders to start to round out that uh, wide receiver room a little bit we have and now that we're up to the five wide receivers and did get guys we like for the fourth and fifth wide receiver spots I feel a lot better about this roster and it's just been a fun roster from the beginning right we're gonna have some QB firepower with the Josh Allen, Tom Brady combination. We're going to have some tight end points with Darren Waller, uh, potentially leading the NFL and being one of the highest scoring players in the FFPC format. They're almost like having an extra roster spot and Colin, this will be the only team that we ever have. I think in the next hundred years where we have a start like Austin Eckler, JK Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We also add Trey Sermon to that. When we think about having some wide receiver exposure with some guys we like, a Julio Jones, a DJ Chark, and then having the potential for some of these guys to have the huge running back games that are so, uh, I'll say notorious in terms of the necessity and how that plays out with winning the mega contests. I like where we are here, especially if we can finish it out with some other wide receivers that we like, and then even balance some of these running backs with the favorites that we tend to take at the end of every draft. Yeah, no, I think I think we're in a really strong position. There was a challenging spot when, you know, true six rounds for us, not very often that we have one wide receiver and then uh, we were able to start to turn that around. But I think it puts us in a pretty strong position, a very unique position, as you mentioned, with those opening three picks. 
So uh, it's going to be unique. And I, I think what's interesting, Sean, is all these drafts that we've done in the, the best ball tournament have been have been very unique in one way or another. We've drafted out uh, some of the late spots, you know, and um, we've drafted now out of this uh, third spot. And I think they're they're quite unique lineups. So hopefully that works in our favor throughout the season. When we are looking now to fill out these uh, last rounds, how are you feeling? Are we, are we looking to prioritize some of those wide receiver targets to make sure we get them? Or are we looking to fill out some of the other positions? Um, I think at this point, I'm pretty sorted at a quarterback. That was one of the reasons I wanted to lean on somebody who we were quite confident in, like Tom Brady, um, to give us that option to just sit with the two quarterbacks. I know you mentioned earlier about having Herbert and maybe going three quarterbacks. How do you feel on that two versus three quarterbacks? Are you happy to, to sit where we are? And I know I mentioned earlier about the tight end position. We have two, but we have Johnny Smith with that week 14 bye. I, I would be prioritizing a third tight end over a third quarterback at this point. Yeah, the problem, and we don't know how it would have potentially turned out differently if we had gone with Rob Gronkowski. He obviously did go in the interim there, which leaves us with Blake Jarwin, Jerry Cook, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz, as perhaps the targets. We've taken Cook in some drafts. Donald Parham, uh, really the buzzy guy from Chargers camp, perhaps makes Cook even less of an appealing selection than he already is as someone who uh, seems like he's got to be entering his mid forties. Do we have options at tight end that we like? The really sad thing that just happened is the KJLA Himmler was drafted. Uh, he would have given us some Broncos exposure. We usually have a lot of Broncos exposure, despite the fact that they uh, don't have a quarterback that may be a little bit questionable, but in this draft, getting some Hamler would have been a lot of fun. Unfortunately, uh, looking at this here, Kevin, who had the 12 slot, he started with a Taylor Barkley. We mentioned his team in the earlier show, has been doing some cool things to offset that. And for him to go, Hamler, Deami Brown on the 13 14 term, and that almost seems like bad sportsmanship. Yeah, I think at the end, uh, Sean Hoare written that team at the end, we have to be very harsh because uh, I think it's unacceptable that he took Hamler knowing that uh, you were drafting here alongside us. I did joke that he probably was going to go in the 12th or 13th round, but literally he did go with that last pick of the 13th round. So uh, <laughs> uh, we have tears streaming down our faces uh, at this moment in time. You mentioned Jared Cook. The only player probably in the NFL that seems like he may be older than Randall Cobb, who is still somehow only 32 years, or sorry, 30 years old. Uh, Jared Cook is uh, 34, so he's a little bit uh, closer to 40. Um, I still think Cook is an interesting option, Sean, um, when we're looking at guys who are going to help us fill out those weeks. I think when we're looking at the guys in this range of tight end, there's not many of them that I see having that massive breakout, um, you know, that's really going to, change things for us but I, I am interested if blake jarwin is still there he though unfortunately and let me know what you think has that dread at week seven by yeah so the cowboys another team that has the week seven we are in a situation here where week seven is a little bit heavy already even without any of our normal cowboys a, a couple other wide receivers to discuss before we get to some of these running backs late and maybe even take a tight end in the last round Dalton Schultz someone who I think is very similar to Jarwin in terms of what his ultimate upside is for this season we could perhaps draft him in round 18 wouldn't need to use the earlier pick what are your thoughts on a Paris Campbell now the week 14 by and the very obvious QB situation there is some other 
target competition in T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman. But Campbell may be a guy who could give you uh, these possession touches. Maybe if Hilton and Pittman are having a little bit more trouble getting open due to some of the things the Colts are now dealing with, Campbell could be one of these guys who comes out and has a lot of five, six, potentially even seven catch games. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of targets going his way, but the concern really is the quarterback situation. I think if, looking realistically, I think if Carson Wentz didn't have the injury news, I think you know we'd probably see Paris Campbell potentially uh, gone a little bit earlier based on how this draft has played out. So I definitely think when we're looking at the, the wide receivers here, I think he's definitely a very interesting option. The other question is, like, T.Y. Hilton's there. Is it a case that he's completely washed out? Is it a case that we have... We have no faith in him at all um because i think when we're looking at that offense are, are we saying that paris campbell is the guy to own there um i think it's a, probably a coin toss for me but obviously as the younger guy um what, what are we thinking there well hilton gives a little bit more of that vertical element he is a guy who now i think you know gets overlooked and so if we want to have some of that veteran value and blair has a, a cool piece up on the site about how these veteran receivers can help you late in your best ball leagues. You get caught up in this mentality of going too early and too young at the wide receiver position. So he's another option there. I, I'm pulled in by Campbell with a potential breakout, but Hilton probably makes more sense in terms of being an established guy. It's one that we don't know for sure is washed up when we're dealing with kind of the at this point. Uh, that has a lot of value. I want to suggest that maybe we go running back, running back here and finish out our running back selections. The value here is just still so good, and we do want to get to those six guys. Leonard Fournette, miles and miles below ADP. He's not someone we're normally targeting, but in round 14, a very different kind of scenario. Maybe he pushes out both Geo and Ronald Jones and at least gives a little bit of a pivot off of our Ronald Jones teams. We also have Rashad Penny, who the news has finally kind of broken for is a little bit better. And then we have guys like Bernard, White, Hubbard, all available. I, I, I would give you Fournette based on ADP. Um, haven't drafted him this year yet, but I think that um, Helton is probably the pick. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get the pick in on time. We were uh, discussing it too long. And we did uh, what we psychologically probably thought was best to do there. We have taken Paris Campbell. Um, so, uh, Sean, I think that Campbell is probably the guy that we have the upside on. I think Hilton is probably what Hilton has been. He's going to miss games through injury. He's going to be pretty okay when he plays, but he has really struggled at times when the quarterback play hasn't been what it, what it needs to be, really. So I think we're probably in the right spot there where we took Paris Campbell. I was been a little bit more in on Hilton based on where the ADP was sitting. Um, the other player you mentioned was Fournette. I think the value here on Fournette, like I mentioned with James Conner earlier, is pretty much insane. Uh, I know we talked on last week's uh, OT podcast about uh, Jones and Fournette and Geo and how we thought that backfield was going to play out. But I think like at this point, it's almost six rounds after ADP, which is uh, an incredible value based on how that offense uh, could perform this year how he finished the season last year and i know a lot of things we discussed was the team kind of weren't in a rush to get him back in let him go test free agency and things like that but this is i would imagine when we check on the uh some of the tools on the website to check the adp and where Fournette has gone this is probably going to be the latest that he's gotten on any of these drafts would you think that would be fair uh, that would be my guess and so 
I would lean Fournette at this juncture. We'll see if any of these running backs come back to us in the 16-17 turn. So we'll go ahead and select Fournette there. Yeah, so I think that's fair. I think the decision we had to make was Helton really versus um Helton versus Campbell. I think that was for me at the moment that feels like a coin toss. And I think if we're looking at who with our wide receivers, who we want to really think could elevate this team by pushing it into that top 24 or top uh, 12 wide receivers at top 12, I think it's going to be a stretch, but uh, into that, you know, top 24 be a wide receiver too. Uh, I think that uh, Campbell has that, that option. Um, but I, I think they're like, I know we're drafting running backs and some of the people who are listening into the podcast are already like, what, Sean and Colm are just drafting all these running backs, what's happening? But like at the 1503, I think that is impossible to pass up Leonard Fournette there. So Alan Lazard goes off the board before Marquez Valdez Scantling column as the resident Packers expert. Uh, tell us how we should be looking at these depth receivers for Green Bay. Well, obviously, um, Aaron Rodgers loves Randall Cobb, so I think we should all just draft Randall Cobb. <laughs> but <laughs> I think in, in general here. Um, I, I've been alternating. I think that when we get to a situation like this, the, the upside play there is definitely MVS. Um, he has been somebody who has had his issues with drops, has had his issues with some uh, mistakes and assignments, but he has been somebody every single year has improved. And even when he's improving, the problem is that he'll have like, you know, deep catch, you know, 50 yards down the field, rushing it, running in for a touchdown, has those big plays. But then in the next play, he goes to catch. It's like, a catch and a walk and touch and he'll drop the ball so that's kind of the issue we have with the mvs but they did uh, resign him this year they have him back in town and i think he's ready for a breakout i think if we're looking for upside he is the guy to go over lazard i think lazard really um like we talked about him last year i didn't think he was going to have the season he had but lazard for me feels like you know that player who is going to give you all he can but all he can give you is you know a medium wide receiver not not going to be somebody who pushes that level the problem with mbs is can he do that alongside Devontae adams i think he can based on the targets he gets he may you know he, he may have eight touchdowns in a season but they could all go for you know 500 yards with the passes and i do know that that was something they worked on last year with the packers was particularly in the second half was coming out and trying to hit those shots to valdez scantling so if he's there, Sean, I, I would be very interested in taking him based on how our draft has gone so far. I know a few of the other guys in our queue here is Darius Slayton. I know we talked earlier about Kenny Golden, one of the first uh, shows. It's very hard to know how that Giants wide receiver core is going to play out. He was somebody who had some big games last year. The next person in our list is Enkeel Hardy. I think that I would be hoping to see if we could get MBS and Slayton maybe in those next two picks. How are you feeling about those uh, options? So MVS, I think, a very strong pick, especially for this format. But I think his potential to break out is stronger than people may think. The Randall Cobb selection gives a little bit of cover for him to take the next step. Harry's someone who has had a better training camp than he had the first couple of times. He becomes a little bit less interesting with taking a Colts receiver because we don't want to end up with too much there on the week 14 buys. We've got a couple that's probably where we need to cap it. 
we can also go with a very receiver light board and lean into the idea of having running backs in the buy given the options that we have what are your thoughts on Jamison Crowder someone who had a very strong season last year a lot more target competition now given the addition of Corey Davis and the drafting of Elijah Moore I think I feel very similar to Crowder how I feel about um when we're talking about the Packers wide receivers there I think that there's a cap on what he can do but I also think that he's in that short to intermediate range of passing where probably um they're going to go with the rookie quarterback this season I just think there's so much competition there but for me Crowder has always felt like a Jarvis Landry light and obviously with how our wide receivers have gone if we do get 80 targets going Jarvis or Jamison Crowder's way I think that could be something that becomes extremely valuable to our current roster construction. Um, so I, I wouldn't be against it. Um, do you think there's more upside to him this year? Or do you think it's kind of similar to that? Yeah, he's definitely going to be capped compared to where he has been. At the same time, uh, the Jets are not in a position to be turning away from production from good players, right? And, and Crowder is exactly what we said, a little bit of a, a Jarvis Landry light type of player the thing that you're worried about is that there'll be too much overlap between Elijah Moore and Crowder in terms of the things that they're asked to do, maybe even snaps. You know, are they going to be deployed together? If they're the two best receivers on the team, and I think there's a very decent chance that they are, Corey Davis, we would love to take that next step at the same time. He's had opportunities before and hasn't really done it. Jamison Crowder, in a lot of ways, is, is more established than he is. And so you'd like to see those three guys on the field together. I think that it's difficult for Crowder to fall off to the point that at this level, you know, he wouldn't be an awfully good selection because he's going to have some of those games where he puts up the point totals that current receivers being drafted in this range, I don't necessarily think have. And so I would be looking at Crowder as a potential option at this juncture. He's also someone who is going to keep us, you know, fairly well balanced in terms of what our buys are. And so I like that element to him as well. I still am hoping that we get Penny to make it through a couple more picks here and gives us one more extreme upside running back to go with this group. Because for us to get where we need to go, we're going to need two running backs in the flex a lot of weeks. And taking the best upside players at this juncture is the way to maximize our chances of having those guys uh, in the flex position scoring a lot of points yeah no i think i think that's right and we have penny here and again we've talked about this as the running backs throughout this is a good three to three and a half rounds later than i would normally be getting uh penny so he is on the board we are on the clock i think um it's, it's interesting to go with him especially with uh crowder who probably we were going to have to lean on based on uh, mvs going off the board as well so this is the trick with uh recording the show there's a lot of players we talked about who are no longer there but i think sean penny is probably the pick uh i think he's, he's a clear pick when we look at what we have left on our queue hey everybody this is dave cabin from the rotoviz flagship podcast just stopping by to say thank you for listening to rotoviz radio we're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Colin, we're in a situation where we could have 2QB, two tight end, we now have six running backs. We could go to a seven running back, seven wide receiver team. We have six guys at the receiver position. Two more selections here. The tight ends that we're looking at are OJ Howard, Dan Arnold, who's generating some buzz, has had a very good camp for the Panthers. He's someone that uh, Zachary Kruger, one of our best ball gurus. <laughs> He's actually, all in. He's all in. He, he loves it. Every time that we do a draft together, he uh, pushes me to make that selection. You know, I was skeptical originally. I am becoming increasingly less skeptical. He's Although, a he's, he's Zach's KJ Hamler. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, with Terrace Marshall also having a good camp, I think it'll be more difficult for him to put up those numbers. Now, we have Alexander Madison drafted not by the Cook owner, but by the Travis Kelsey Gibson Swift start. Uh, that, I think, is a sort of cool pick. I was going to suggest that we could go that direction again because the upside there, if something were to happen to Cook, is immense. Now, I think that our options at running back are a little bit more limited to where I wouldn't feel a real push to get one of those guys. Colin, we've hit this point in round 17 that you usually hit where there really is no one of interest. Looking at it from that perspective, who are you thinking that we should be selecting at this point? We've got some guys, Darius Slayton, a name that we've talked about. There are Lions receivers still available, but I mean, frankly, all of those guys are very deep selections. So I think we have, you could take a shot on Howard, who's coming off a very serious injury because we have Tom Brady. You could take a shot there and see, you know, is there upside? We're taking a flyer late in the draft. We need a a tight end. Obviously, there's 
possible that that returns absolutely zero value but i think we're in a similar situation with the wide receivers the guys i would be looking at are those veteran options a perryman a williams deshaun jackson they're the guys that are there i don't know i would say there's probably as much point at this stage of taking a shot on the upside of that that tight end um but I'm, i'm open to going for one of those guys i don't have a strong preference over the three of them and we go with Darius I I think that's probably the one to go with Sean I think um we've you know last season at this point I thought you know if if they don't sign Galladay this is the question I guess if they don't sign Galladay how excited are we about Darius Slayton heading into the season we'd be excited right his first two campaigns more yards than you would expect based on his draft position he has the dynamism to score touchdowns. We've seen the long touchdowns. We've seen uh, the, the volume of long touchdowns. We know that he is one of these air yard guys who is targeted down the field. So when we look at his catch rate, we know that part of that the, working against him is simply that these are difficult targets, but they're also targets that have a lot of value embedded in them if things start to go right. You look at some of the peripherals, Madison Parkhill had a good article on Daniel Jones talking about how he was better last season than people realized. With Kenny Galladay coming in and becoming the focal point, that's going to free some things up for a Sterling Shepard, but it's also going to free some things up for a Darius Slayton, who is really the other dynamic player within this offense. Now, I'm not saying I think Darius Slayton is going to have a big season. If we thought that, we would have selected him ahead of wide receiver 84, but I think he's a good fit for where we are at this juncture. Yeah, and I think I know I mentioned Tanyan earlier and his percentage of targets to receptions. I know there's question marks around Daniel Jones, but like uh, Slayton had 96 targets last year, and there was 50 of them that he was able to receive. But he finished the season with 751 receiving yards and three touchdowns. But through those two seasons, like you mentioned, Sean, there is 98 receptions. There's 1400, almost 1500 yards and 11 touchdowns. So. There is an upside there. Galladay has had his injuries. Every pretty much wide receiver on that offense, Sterling Shepard, has had injuries, concussion history. There is a path to where this becomes a real extreme value pick. The one concern that you would have is the either the, the catchable targets or his ability to catch targets. Through those two seasons, there's 180 targets and there's 98 receptions. So there's 82 of those uh, gone. So pretty much about a, a, around a 60% catch um through those two seasons and that is both seasons with daniel jones but let's see um what happens or sorry the first season with eli manning but um i think it's interesting i think he's somebody who profiles for those deeper targets and i think at this point of the draft sean i think he he's a nice pick to be honest when we look at the potential upside of sterling or sorry paris campbell i think slayton might might potentially have have as much upside who are taking uh three rounds later i would agree but in both cases, we've given ourselves a little bit of breakout potential with guys who have athleticism, who have profiles that are different, but profiles that we like. The one guy, a possession receiver, but with run after the catch ability and someone who fits perhaps what that offense is going to really need. And then another receiver who is this vertical presence and has the ability to give you everything you need for a week and one play. However, heading towards the end of the draft, this has been an absolute blast. We appreciate all of the participants having some great uh, interaction in the chat, which obviously we haven't been able to take part in as much as we would have otherwise, because we have been challenged by these drafters to even get our own picks in. We're about a round away from making our selection 
at the 1810. We know we can't simply do nothing at this spot. You've got to give yourself some more upside. You mentioned OJ Howard uh, for similar reasons with the Tampa Bay situation. I, I think that that one is tricky. Dalton Schultz still sitting there. I'm intrigued by him. Donald Parham, if we want to have a little bit of a pivot off of some of our Jerry Cook shares, would be a play. We mentioned Zach Sky in Dan Arnold. We could go with only the two tight ends. We could go with only the two QBs. I don't really see anybody there at quarterback at this point that we would want to burn a selection on, but you could say that for some of the other positions as well. We're up now to having seven run, seven wide receivers, six running backs. The six running backs are stronger than our seven wide receivers. There are some guys at running back here whom we've picked in the past. Uh, Devontae Booker, someone interesting if Saquon Barkley is out for longer than expected. Tevin Coleman could be the nominal starter for the Jets, although Michael Carter really started taking that over already. Tarek Cohen looks like he's going to be in a very bad injury situation, but Samaj P. Ryan, the backup there for Joe Mixon. Jarek McKinnon, uh, someone who has generated some very widely spread takes and, and some pretty humorous takes in our different chats and leagues. Where are we looking at for this final pick to make sure we get some value out of it? I put Justice Hill in our queue because he's a little bit of a fun one who we've drafted in some of these deeper leagues. Sammy Watkins still available, which shows you uh, how seriously we take the camp reports there. Do you have a guy, and we know that our listeners have taken our our guys, but do you have a guy deeper than our normal guys that you want at the 1810? I think a lot of those guys, particularly the running backs you mentioned, would be very interesting if we hadn't this particular roster that we've assembled so far. So I think that it would be uh, interesting. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, sorry, has gone off the board. I think he would have been somebody who is interesting. Um, I just think that I, I'm very happy to go two quarter or two quarterbacks here. I, I think we have kind of what we want at running back. I think we could potentially go wide receiver, but I, I feel like the one area that we could miss out on would be if, for example, Johnny Smith season doesn't work out or he gets injured, and then we get through the season with Darren Waller, but we end up having to take a zero in week 14 if we make it through to the playoffs. So I would be willing at this point to take a flyer on one of these tight ends because i think that's the position that we're in the most trouble of uh missing out in those points what do you feel about amari rogers your other the thing about rogers i cannot believe just how somebody who's gone basically you know reasonable draft capital has <laughs> just absolutely forgotten i was going to mention him as somebody to pitch for um but we haven't talked about him at all this offseason i just think he's I, I, like somebody going in the second round of the draft that, that we're just nobody's talking about so I, i'm willing to go that way as well um are you just thinking if waller doesn't get us there we're not getting there so let's not worry about the tight ends uh, sort of and in part because i do think that dan arnold is the only real option at this point and yet i just i can't see the volume getting to where he would need to be to not be a waste pick when you consider how they've played their offense and what their receivers are like. I mean, they came into a situation last year where they had some tight end potential and didn't use any of it. And so 
to select. Can't believe you're saying, can't believe you're saying that when Tim Tebow is still on the board, but that's a different story. <laughs> Tim Tebow is on the board here. We, we're on the clock. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm willing to take the – there's a few people here in the queue that I'm willing to, to go for at the wide receiver position if, if you want to go that way, and that is uh, Tylen Wallace and Rodgers. I think a breakout at a rookie position could be very interesting, and I think if we're looking at – which offense that's most likely to happen is probably the Packers offense based on the depth chart and what we talked about earlier with with the wide receivers. Um, but again, the problem is there with Randall Cobb coming in that could just kill his whole season. What do you think? Again, we have to get to our spot in week 14 for these week 14 buys to matter. What are your thoughts on Harry having the breakout this year and at this price, there's really no risk? No, I think I think if you're pitching for him, I think we'll take it. Um, <laughs> at this point of the draft, I think I I wasn't. I know you had Justice Hill in the queue. I know P, P Ryan was in the queue. I wasn't willing to go running back based on um, the the running backs we have already. I would have been open to a tight end, but there was no real options there. The wide receivers that were there, look, I've kind of lost. I've lost faith in Harry, but if if you think that <laughs> it'll work this year, we'll we'll ride him out to. Uh, a championship here i you think at this point that that there's no there's no cost you know yeah well and the patriots a little bit like the situation with rugs and the raiders the patriots have taken an absolute drubbing for the selection of harry and for the fact that tom brady left and you know won a super bowl so they have some pr issues to deal with which isn't something you would think a franchise that has had the success that they've had over the last two decades would have Bill Belichick, not someone who is going to go out there and try and prove people wrong. He's going to try and win football games. But if he can prove people wrong and rub their noses in it, that's something that he would also absolutely love. And so I read some of these camp reports. They say Harry has looked better, completely different than he's looked in the past. This is a team where I don't think you can completely write off guys like Nelson Aguilar, guys like Kendrick Bourne, who was an under-the-radar okay player for the 49ers. right? And then you have Jacoby Myers, who's actually been pretty decent through a couple of years, even though they didn't bring him in to do that. But Myers drafted in round 13. I think that was a good pick, but I like Harry in the final round versus Myers in round 13 as, as perhaps being a little bit of an arbitrage play there on some of their young guys being able to take the next step. Obviously, at this point in the draft, you look back and you see, and this is one of the things that we joke about with some of our our favorite guests of Peter Overs that will tell you the later you get in the draft, the value is all at running back. We have plenty of running back options late, not nearly the same thing at wide receiver. And so when you're looking at what you need to do early on to make sure you can make the best use of those late picks, then again, I mean, things very much set up to where you have to have that receiver value. But Colm, I am not confident in these last three guys that we've selected in terms of Campbell, Slayton, and Harry, but they're all fun guys, right? I mean, they're guys where you could see how it might work out for them. And within the context of this team overall, I find myself with a lot of enthusiasm for it. Now, is it more fragile than what we usually draft? Yes. Just got the two quarterbacks, just has the two tight ends, an injury to any of those four players. An injury to Johnny Smith is is not going to be a huge deal if Darren Waller does what we think that he will do. Although again, you want to have some ability to put these tight ends in the flex 
in the FFPC tight end premium format. It's one of the reasons why when you go to our roster construction explorer and play with it, you see that the three tight end builds tend to do very, very well. Now, the reason you select Waller in round one is it gives you the extra flexibility to do other things. The reason that you select Josh Allen when he falls, even though there's a guy like Will Fuller who you could have taken there and then you would have more receiver depth. The reason that you do that is because now you can do this two QB build and you have more flexibility. I think that I like how it worked out in this draft room because we know that there aren't going to be the same edges that we normally have when we're drafting against our guys, when we're drafting against a group that you know we interact with, we when we have these this feedback loop with and we know that not only do they know our playbook but they're going to play it the right way and so there's going to be less that we can do in this draft than in others but i also like the way that we pivoted and i like the way that some other teams within the draft pivoted because it's going to be difficult for all 12 teams to only take wide receivers yeah and that's what we're going to do in the the next edition here as we recap the draft we're going to have a, a bonus edition as well we run through the teams and we'll do that uh, it'll drop on the road of his overtime podcast feed this week if you are listening to any of these episodes on the main road of his radio feed make sure you subscribe to the road of his overtime feed because you'll get all these episodes a little bit earlier sometimes a couple of days earlier when we have these bonus episodes so subscribe there drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app we do appreciate that greatly we will have our regular tree shows as well coming out throughout the week uh, depending on when you're listening to this one as always you can get yourself a listeners only discount to rotavis nfl pass you can do that by going to rotavis.com and adding the code at checkout rv radio 2021 you can go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for additional information that's going to do it for this one we'll be back to recap the draft recap the teams and talk about where maybe we would make some changes and, and where the pressure was put on by the listeners so we'll be back that one in the next couple of days and until then have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>